listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing very well, sir. And you? I'm doing great. Yeah. It's nice. a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day indeed. And it's good to be uh, good to be chatting with you. And uh, look, it's... Uh, I think we were just uh, joking before getting on to this uh, that we were maybe a little rusty. You know, it feels like it's been a day or two since we've recorded a podcast. So hopefully our uh, listeners don't find us too, uh, uh, or I guess, rustier than normal. or what have Well, you. and, and I, I fear that we may be a little outmatched in this particular episode, <laughs> um, just given the credentials of our guest, eh? I don't want to go out and meet something I don't understand. <laughs> I think this is the first time we actually have managed to get No Country for Old Men references into the show, despite our best efforts. What our listeners also need to know is that we have made a career uh, of uh, trying to one-up each other with No Country for Old Men references over the last... Uh, well, since the movie came out. Um, and uh, so while all of our coworkers find it incredibly annoying, uh, Jeff and I continue to find it a source of endless amusement. <laughs> it's quite true. Quite true. Um, yeah, so uh, joining us today, however, is somebody who, who definitely um, you know, can uh, potentially one-up us on this. I don't know. I wonder if his encyclopedic knowledge of well everything else also includes no country for old men. Well, look, let's let's find out. Let's get let's get right to it. And so joining us today is Aaron Lichtig. Aaron is the vice president growth marketing at Zometry and a former Jeopardy champion as well. Aaron, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, Aaron, uh, in our initial uh, introductory call, uh, you um, uh, shocked Jeff and I with uh, knowing the origin of the name Kula and the Kula Ring, um, which, you know, look, in addition to being a Jeopardy champion, that in and of itself was very impressive. But what about your No Country for Old Men uh, chops? How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I've actually never seen No Country for Old Men, the movie. It's on my list. Uh, so you guys will definitely exceed my trivia knowledge of No Country for Old Men. But I do have a trivia question for you about No Country for Old Men. Um, let's see if you guys can get it right. What poem does the phrase No Country for Old Men that, that was later used as the title of the book and the movie come from? Oh, boy. <laughs> well you see now um aaron uh, i want our listeners to know that it is possible that i may have an answer to that but you know i feel it's important that we stick to our role it's my job to ask the <laughs> questions okay. here um, <laughs> how does the, how does the guy who's never seen the movie and managed to one-up us in the first five minutes so <laughs> I'd call it a day here. Oh man! Uh, well, I, I think you have to you have to tell us the answer at least, Aaron. Uh, what poem is it from? It's from "Sailing to B Byzantium" by William Butler Yeats. I'm I'm a fan of Yeats more more a fan of poetry than I am of movies. <laughs> well, and Cormac McCarthy is kind of a, a prose poet. You know, when you mm -hmm. when you read his uh, his prose, it is uh, devoid of of a lot of. Uh, punctuation and and other niceties he just really tries to get to the point so maybe maybe that's where he uh found yates and 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 loved the the title i don't know i haven't read the book either i'll have to get to that soon 
That's quite good. It's quite good. So I, I guess, you know, you, you host a podcast as well. Do people often ask you if they have, if you have to answer in the form of a question for everything when you do an interview? Uh, no, not so much. Um, I, I was thinking about doing a trivia podcast, actually, either manufacturing trivia or general trivia. Haven't gotten around to that yet. I've been focused more on, on OK Zoomer, which is the it, it, it's kind of a podcast, but we also put the video out there. Um, OK Zoomer is in reference to Zoom. We do all the interviews over Zoom and record them. Um, and basically, we're, we're looking for people who have interesting stories to tell about engineering, manufacturing, design, hardware. Um, we've had people on with a, a variety of different backgrounds. Uh, we had Roger Craig, who was the, the one-day winnings record holder on Jeopardy uh, before James Holtzauer. He's a data scientist, and we talked uh, about the applications of data science to manufacturing. We've had some YouTube stars like the 3D printing nerd and the 3D printing professor. Um, actually, we, my, my colleague Greg Paulson and I just appeared on the 3D printing professor show Makers and Minecraft, where they take people who have never played Minecraft before and throw them into the Minecraft environment and watch them move about. It was a, a, an interesting, frustrating, and humbling experience, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun um, working with them. So yeah, the, the show, it's been going well. We've been doing it since uh, the, the COVID period when you've had a lot of people working from home and on Zoom, and we're going to keep it going. I appreciate this background. I wonder if our listeners might actually want to know more about your actual company and you know what you all do and what you do there. Why don't we start there and rewind and start there a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So Zometry is a custom manufacturing network platform. It, it is the biggest uh, manufacturing network in the United States. Um, we were founded late 2013, kind of really got going into 2014, 2015, and, and have been growing since then. Um, and the, the two things that, that make us unique, we, we offer instant quoting on a full range of custom manufacturing processes, CNC machining, injection molding. Injection molding takes about a day to get the quote back. The other processes are instant. Uh, 3D printing, urethane casting, sheet metal fabrication. Um, and then we also have a, uh, an online e-commerce store for buying supplies and tooling. That's the other key part of our business. Um, you can check out our, out our site and our quoting engine at zometry.com. You upload your 3D CAD file and you'll get your quote and your DFM feedback very quickly. The other really key thing about our business is that we are a two-sided network. Uh, kind of like Airbnb and Uber, where we have demand on one side and supply on the other side. So on the supply side, we have over 3,000 uh, highly vetted shops that are based in the U.S. We also have some abroad, and we have a business, uh, Zometry Europe, that, that's headquartered in Munich, Germany, focused uh, purely on the European side as well. Um, but we have a wide range of partners. It's mostly small to medium-sized manufacturing facilities and we bring work to them. And especially during the COVID period, we, we've helped a lot of those businesses um, bring in much needed revenue from industries or parts of the country that they wouldn't have been otherwise exposed to. So that's, that's really what makes us unique. And you know, the, the, the flexibility of a manufacturing network is something that 
has a ton of value. We can do highly customized jobs. We have a very wide range of capabilities. Um, in if something like COVID or a natural disaster happens, we can shift jobs around and make sure that we still get parts to people on time. So it's, it, it's a very flexible and agile way of manufacturing. People often talk about it as manufacturing as a service or manufacturing on demand. Um, and it's, it's something that has continued to grow as a sector and uh, we think will continue to grow over time because it offers a, a, a really good overall experience in terms of its customization and its flexibility. And uh, you know it's 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 fascinating. Number one, I, I just think in this uh, in this time, an awful lot of our listeners would uh, love to hear your perspective on uh, just kind of because because you touch so much of the manufacturing uh, space as a result of being a a, a network, frankly, um, and, and and as such, I mean, I'd just be curious what what are you uh, what are you seeing uh, out there is the and there was a de demand still fairly strong. Um, uh, how how do you feel that the economy is kind of working through uh, what we're experiencing? Yeah, what we've seen is it it varies by sector and by part of the economy. So there were some some sectors, and oil and gas is an example where everyone knows the oil prices have dropped and that. Um, that sector has struggled, but we've also seen many others, uh, especially medical um, during this time, remain strong and new and unique sources of demand pop up. Uh, we've, we've done a variety of projects with both medical companies and companies that in ordinary times don't do a lot of medical work, but because of COVID have shifted their production over to producing things like PPE, ventilators, ventilator parts, um, we, we've seen some great demand there and, uh, we're going to continue to work with those companies and help out where we can. Um, and then there are some other sectors, uh, that have been less, less affected in general, things like defense, uh, that, that tends to be less reliant on customer demand, but, you know, we've, we've seen consistent, uh, growth and consistent demand that's still out there throughout this period. And, I think especially in the United States and Canada, now things are starting to open up more and more in, in some of the more highly populated areas of the country. And that is, uh, that's a good thing. And we're, we're gonna, um, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult for every company to forecast exactly how all of this is going to play out over time. Um, but, you know, we, what we believe and what, what we're going to continue focusing on is that manufacturing as a service and digital manufacturing, specifically um, through the use of a, a network platform that offers more agility and more flexibility, is going to be a good thing um, in times where there, there is more risk and there is more uncertainty out there. I really like the uh, the concept of the two sided marketplace, especially as it applies to manufacturing, and and obviously a, a big part of that is attracting people who are looking to have products manufactured. But I mean, the an even bigger part of it is having that network of qualified, quality uh, manufacturers that can actually produce the things that uh, that your other customers are looking for. How are you? Um, going to market in terms of recruiting and maintaining or, or retaining rather uh, the manufacturing side of the uh, marketplace? 
the so you're you're talking about our manufacturing partners the the partners who are exactly yeah yeah I, on that side of things there there are a couple of different ways that we approach it um we we have a lot of people who come find us because they know we have a lot of jobs out there and we can bring revenue there for their shop. And we, we tell those stories of the people that we've helped, the, the businesses that we've helped get off the ground, the businesses that we've helped grow. There's a great case study on our, our website and YouTube channel from a guy named Todd White, who is a zometry partner out in Phoenix, Arizona, and how we helped him build his business. and start to grow and, and got them through some tough times. So we do a, a lot of content marketing on that front that attracts people to us. Um, and then we also have our Zometry supplies business where people find out about us by coming in and buying materials, buying tools, and then find out about our partner network. So it all kind of works together with um, people finding us for, you know, buying supplies and then joining the partner network and vice versa. And uh, we, we do do some, some other, you know, partner acquisition type of marketing activities, but in general, uh, a lot of people, we, we get a lot of people coming to us. Do you find that that, uh, the, the bigger the network grows, it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling machine, a bit of a flywheel then, eh? Yeah, that's the goal for any network-based business that, you you grow the demand side you've got a lot of people who are coming in with high quality jobs for those shops to do and then you then the other side people see that and then they say oh i want to be there too and then the more the more shops that you get into the network the more capacity you have the more customization you have and it, it becomes a very virtuous cycle and that's that's what we're trying to accomplish you know, I think um, sometimes wrongly, the manufacturing sector gets uh, labeled as being a bit laggard um, when it comes to digital adoption, things of that sort. Um, I guess, you know, has there, as you've endeavored to grow, um, have you encountered that? Have you had to bring um, uh, folks along that maybe... Um, uh, we're not uh, used to or comfortable with uh, um, uh, th this way of doing business, frankly? Um, you mean on the on the partner side or on the customer side? Just in general, I had um, I was re re reviewing my my notes of our previous conversation, and I I like how you said to grow. We had to bring people. We had to bring uh, offline people online at some point. Um, so I'd be curious how you've kind of done that, I guess, um, as, as, as you've continued, continued to grow. Yeah, the, so with custom manufacturing in general, what, the, the way that the industry looked for, for many years was there were a lot of local shops and uh, you would go back and forth. It would take a long time to get a quote. Pricing was highly variable. The shops had had some capabilities, and some of them were were really good um, at certain things. But they did they didn't have the wide range of capabilities that you see from Zometry and from many of the other kind of manufacturing as a service digital uh, players that are in the market today. So what we what we have to do is continually not not just sell Zometry and the network approach, but also the advantages of 
manufacturing digitally, uploading that CAD file, being able to get a, an instant quote and a quote that is based on market pricing. And our, our quoting engine uses artificial intelligence, uses machine learning to develop the pricing models. Um, so you're getting a price that that is more reflective of the market price than you might if you were just getting a couple of quotes by hand. Um, but at the same time, we, we have a, a great network and you know that your job is not necessarily, you know, just going off into the ether, you know, it's being done by a, a great shop in the US. If, if you've elected the US option, you know that it's it's going to be produced in the US. Um, so it's just continuing to inform people about those benefits, the benefits of instant quoting, the benefits of the flexibility and agility of having a network behind you versus working with, you know, just one shop where there could be a single point of failure or you know having a hundred percent of your supply chain based overseas which also introduces some risk yeah certainly um uh, these days we're experiencing that risk more so than uh, i think people would have predicted uh, six months ago um it's interesting how uh how quickly supply chain risk kind of came up in the general consciousness right um For sure uh are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample abm i want to kind of uh kind of dive in a bit as to um how you uh go about marketing the the organization and and, and how you apply uh the model that i believe you kind of first learned at google um to uh how you apply that to the marketing of zometry so perhaps introduce us to the model first and just how you think about it and uh, and perhaps some examples of how you've brought it to life there. Sure. Yeah, there was a guy at, at Google named Avinash Kaushik who had a, a model that was, was pretty broadly shared when I was there within the company as well as outside called the See, Think, Do, Care model. And what this says is that it's it's similar to a funnel but it's not necessarily a funnel that you're trying to ram people down all the time and it, it, you know like push them from okay now you're aware let's get you to buy it tomorrow it's much more about reaching people in whatever mind state they're in so see the c audience it's your largest addressable qualified audience it is the the broadest group of people that could buy your product and for them what you're trying to do is you're trying to drive brand awareness um, you're trying to drive awareness of your equity and having enough options for them e even if they don't want to go deep they don't want to get a quote having a little bit for them to engage with that's the the point of the C, C marketing. Um, the next bucket is think, and these are your largest addressable qualified audience with some commercial intent. So 
they have expressed that they are doing research, they are looking around and potentially um, are going to be making a decision at some point. And for them, it's a lot about content. It's a lot about giving them things to engage with that get them more comfortable with the company. So in a, in a Zometry context, um, that's where you see us. We, we produce a lot of good video content. We produce webinars on a regular basis. We produce design guides, eBooks, uh, pretty robust website, case studies, giving people who are evaluating more of a reason to dig in and, and learn about what we do and move us to the top of the list. Then you have your, your due audience, and these are people who have heavy, significant commercial intent. They're people who, they've got a project coming up over the next month or two, they're ready to buy. And for them, it is all about making that experience of buying from Zometry as easy as possible and, and converting as many of those people and being there for them in their time of need, making it, it easy to find us. And then care is all about retention and, and taking care of those people who have already bought from you and moving them from somebody who bought once to someone who's a true loyal, who's going to then go out and promote you. So as we think about our marketing plan, everything from paid media to content, we're thinking about what states people might be in and for people in each of those states, what's the right message and what are the right channels that we can use to reach them when and where they're most receptive. So you contrasted the approach a bit because, of course, I, I, I was frankly going to mention that it doesn't sound a whole lot different than, frankly, just a funnel, you know, awareness, consideration, decision stage, et cetera. Um, uh, but the point of difference that you drew was that um, it, that you feel that this approach uh, lacks the, I guess, the forcefulness of trying to push people from one stage to the next. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm kind of curious how big of a distinction that is. I mean, it's still obviously important for zometry to move people from one stage to the other eventually so to, you know is is kind of a velocity of that or what have you not a consideration as you think about the marketing of zometry or you felt that that uh, that that in some way kind of focusing on that leads you to focus on the wrong things um yeah you know it's we are a business and every business wants people to become a customer. You, you don't get any points in the marketplace for just driving awareness or, you know, having people read your content. You ultimately do want them to buy. But I think the, the thing about custom manufacturing, I, I've worked before in, in arenas like media and consumer products um, with, with something like Tide Laundry Detergent, which is a brand I worked on early in my career. People can pretty much buy Tide anytime. And they're they going to go to, to a store that carries Tide on an almost daily basis uh, every, every couple of days. For something like custom manufacturing, you, there, there are some people that you know they have a project. They're coming in, they're quoting right away, they've got something urgent, and you know, we, want, we obviously want to be a solution for those people. Um, but there are a lot of other people who may have a big project, but it's six months out. And the question, the key question is, how do you um, engage, make those people aware and engage those people such that if and when 
you have that project six months or a year down the road that's the really big one um, that you're going to be top of mind for them at that point because there is within custom parts even if we do really effective marketing someone loves zometry more than anything in the world if they really don't have a project for another six months that's requiring a lot of prototyping low medium run production they're probably not going to quote and they they can't order um, so there, it's a little bit different than, say, a, a Tide, where you can advertise a sale on Tide, and people then the next time they go to Walmart or Target or whatever, they can buy it. Yeah, no, I, I, I can definitely appreciate the um, uh, the difference between zometry um, uh, and Tide. I'm trying to just, uh, and I, I mean, and I, I'm just trying to ask myself: uh, Does the model? Uh, can I see it changing anything, any kind of the, the way I would approach it or the way I would approach uh, making marketing decisions um, if I in some way um, remove the, uh, the notion of people or trying to push people from one stage to the next? I um, can certainly appreciate, however, that um, you know, it's just because some somebody uh, may well match your ICP, uh, your ideal client or customer profile, but they just may not be ready to buy right now. It makes total sense to keep them in your universe. So, yep. um, yeah, just uh, I'm trying to see how much I can contrast it in my head with uh, funnel thinking. You know? Yeah, it is. It's similar. It's just the the idea would be you're you're not necessarily trying to get everyone to buy tomorrow you're trying to be there and meet their needs with unique and original content and and good marketing in every channel based on what mindset they're in at the time and is there a way that you've um, applied a level of prioritization to various um, uh, stages of that uh, over over time, or been any cues for you to say, okay, we need to spend more time on think content versus see content? Um, often, you know, people would look to conversion rates to tell them that from one stage to the next. So, if we're not all that you know concerned about that, then I'd be curious what else points us in those directions. It would be hard to know as well, unless you're tracking specifically where the prospects are sitting within that see, think, do, care um, continuum, too. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I mean, you 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 need to be balanced across the phases, and so we're not only investing in one; we're investing um, our time and effort and money across all of them. I think for the um, and you have different objectives for each, right? So we're we're looking at with the C audience what what's the number of people that we need to make aware, and what's what's the level of awareness we need to get to be the kind of business we want to be. Um, with the think audience, what is the level of of engagement that we need to um, to be the business we want to be? And then at the kind of the do and care stages, that is much more about the bottom of the funnel type of metrics like conversion rates and cost, you know, cost per acquisition um, with those dollars. So I think that the key is you're not just optimizing toward one number. You are looking at different metrics uh, across each of those and, and making sure you're meeting the needs across them. I think you. Uh, I think you landed on something there in terms of explaining the difference. I think uh, not. I just think it. Um, 
that makes it uh, clear to me, I guess, because it it it's true that um, that funnel thinking kind of points you toward like you know, there's only one goal in mind, right? Um, uh, but your point around uh, you ought to be measuring uh, different phases of this differently uh, really resonates with me. I wonder, Aaron, um, as our uh, time is uh, quickly drawing to a close. As you kind of look ahead, and these are weird times for sure, um, both uh, just geopolitically, uh, economically, et cetera, I'm curious, when you look at the marketing of Zometry, what are you most excited about over these next years? I'm excited about helping more people bring their ideas to life, bring big ideas to life for individual entrepreneurs all the way up to the biggest projects for some of the big companies in the world. And that's that's why I'm inspired to work at Zometry because we're making real stuff that makes the world go and makes people's lives better. And we're offering what, what we believe is a better way of doing this. And um, the, it, it, using manufacturing as a service can help companies innovate faster, they can lower costs, it can lower risk. And what we ultimately want in, in our society is we want more innovation within built real products as well as uh, with bits. So the old bits to atoms, like we, we want more innovation in atoms and not just innovation in software and bits. And uh, you know what excites me is the ability to tell the stories about how we're doing that and really see the results with companies who went from using other approaches to working with us and where we can say, yeah, we made a huge difference. We, we just published a case study about parts that we made for NASA that will be used on the International Space Station. So we are from kind of the bottom of the ocean all the way up to the, the heights of space. You will see products made made by Zometry, and those products will be better because if, if you can rapidly prototype something where, you know, before you would have made one prototype for testing, but now you can make five quickly, or before you would have done two iterations, but because we can turn parts around in a day or two, you can now do five iterations. That's going to make the, the world a better place. We're going to have better products. They're going to be cheaper. We're going to be able to do more kind of as a society and civilization and you know, reaching further into outer space. All of that is really cool. And you know, at, at the end of the day, marketing is all about stories and storytelling. And we're going to have some, we already do, but we're going to have even more really good ones to tell, especially as the, the economy starts to get back to normal. I think that's really exciting because, you know, you, you've basically got an unlimited pool of potential connections, products and stories to, you know, to be told and, and uh, products to be made. So it, uh, it certainly gives you a, a good breadth and depth to choose from when you're when you're looking to um, to promote zometry and the services you have. A bit of an embarrassment of riches for a marketer potentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've certainly marketers would be uh, ecstatic to have that for sure. Yeah, yeah, we, and we've got it on both sides as well because our partner network has some fascinating stories too about how people have used zometry and gotten jobs from zometry and grown 
really interesting and big businesses that are having an impact on a lot of people in the U.S. and beyond. So um, we've got those partner stories to tell. I, I mentioned that one about Todd White that's on our YouTube channel and website. That's a great one. Um, as well as our, our case studies about how we're helping some of the biggest companies in the world like NASA and BMW innovate, as well as some really cool ones about how we're helping individual entrepreneurs. We have a, a great video and this guy, he also appeared on OKZoomer OK with me talking about uh, making one of the first uh, 3D chocolate printers. So 3D printers that make chocolate, we made parts for that as well. And that's really cool. It's ta you know taking things in a new direction and using some of the, the capabilities that ordinarily wouldn't have been available to an individual entrepreneur. They would have had to spend a lot of time going around to shops or they would have had to invest in expensive equipment and learn how to use it. Now, anybody with an idea can use our, our services and bring that idea to life. And it's going to have a big impact on our economy and it's going to have a, bit, a big impact on quality of life around the world. Aaron, I want to just... Um kind of get a bit personal for a, a moment as we close. Uh, how long have you been uh, working with Sometry? A little under two and a half years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's clear that you've made a considerable impact in that time and you've um, uh, you know, implemented a number of initiatives to move the, the firm forward. I'd be curious, um, with the benefit of hindsight, is there anything you would have done differently if you were talking to yourself two and a half years ago? If you were going back and giving yourself some advice? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's it, what, what you learn in this space is it's all about how fast you move. And uh, I think there's when you look at everything that we've done, we have done a whole lot in a very short period of time. Um, but I think the, the you always look back and say, well, here, could we have moved a little bit faster on this one? Could we have pushed this even harder and you know reach, reached more customers, converted more customers? And there are always those times where you say, yeah, you know, looking back, had I known what I knew now, that was a great idea. And we should have gone even bigger, even faster on that one. Um, but I think overall, and I'm, I'm really proud of the, the team that we've built here and the, the impact that we've had on, on both our customers and our partners. So in, in terms of you know, strategy or fundamentals, not a whole lot I would have done differently. It's just more about the, the speed and the size and the timing of it. It's, uh, I found it interesting, even, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, interviews that I've heard with uh, uh, politicians and others, business leaders or what have you, but very, how, how often um, that is what's raised. They say, look, we just, it's not that we did the wrong thing or we regret anything we did, we just should have done a number of them faster. Uh, so I think it's interesting to reflect on. Aaron, I, I really uh, thank you for sharing your story and uh, experience with us today on The Cooler Ring. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was an honor to be here and uh, hope everyone in the audience enjoyed it. It's a pleasure to chat. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.